You are listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting System. Hi, Sparks and Cheap Pops! We're back again! Second long-form podcast of the week in power. After that episode in WWE, we had to come back and we had to do another one the very next day. Are you excited to be talking any two days in a row? Uh, yeah, man, I am just so excited. I'm overwhelmed with emotion at this moment. We really should get different wardrobes, though. We're wearing the same exact clothes we did in the last episode. For that was clearly yesterday. There's definitely something wrong with the continuity on this. Yeah. yeah. This is almost like when Rampage is taped on. It's almost like when Rampage is shot live on Friday nights. It's confusing. I feel like it's Monday. I still feel like it's Monday, too. Today's just dragging, man. So, today, folks, we're talking about our favorite wrestling company at the moment. And as I said, even though I'm wearing the shirt, baby, and I'm mostly wearing the shirt because I can show off my new tattoo, which actually means nipple play, which we've talked about before, nipple play. So my wife remembers to rub a nipples uh, whilst, yeah. So we're going to talk about AEW. We already had on our WWE episode, we talked about the... Big blow to SmackDown. AEW won the ratings again. It's 325,000 to 300 to 285,000. Mr. Impaler. 15%. 15% of a difference. In case we missed that. Okay. Uh, we got, and what, uh, we're going to, we're going to do this. We haven't done this in a while because the show's kind of ran a little long and we kind of meandered on some points. But we're going to review this show is so good. This Dynamite episode was so good. And we'll talk about Rampage as well. But we're going to focus on Dynamite Saturday night. This episode was so good. We got to kind of go through everything. There are so many details and so many things and so many stories that are being told right now in AEW. This is incredible. And every the worst storyline is probably Jared, the inner circle versus America Top Team. And that's not that bad. Yeah, it's not terrible. Oh, it's good. Some people hate Dan Lambert. They, they actually think he's got go away heat. I think he's got Jim Cornetti. So I disagree. Like we've talked about Dan Lambert. Go ahead, give it your perspective. Dan Lambert, man. The Jim Cornette, you made that for I think it was you that made it first. Where did you come up with? Because I agree with you. Dan uh, Lambert and Jim Cornette. The first time I saw him, I'm like, he's like literally saying stuff like Jim Cornette would be mentioning on his his podcast, which I listen and love, to be really honest with you. And um and like it's just interesting it's like they're listening to Cornette's podcast and then they're you know projecting it through this character who I'm entertained with I just wish he would like play the crowd a little bit differently like slow it down and just play them it's like he's almost like sort of rushing through it and um but otherwise it's just like he's he's highly entertaining what he's saying and some of them I agree with some of it just stirring the pot um and you know what and and on top of it Cornette's been pretty critical of Jericho and of all people who's Dan Lambert feuding with Chris Jericho. So it's like, it's like Jericho's like feuding with Jim Cornette at this moment. And it's like, yeah, to me, it's, it's pretty entertaining at this, at this point. And Jericho's, I mean, I don't really care for Jericho as a baby face. I don't like this, the chant and stuff. I never did when he used to call Stephanie, what do you call her? Uh, Something slap trash bag hoe or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a long version of it. I never dug that. The fan, but people eat it up and love it. It's just a taste thing. It's Jericho, but Jericho's great at it. So he's doing exactly what he needs to do. Jericho already did his job in this company. He he he's Jericho's going to be, I believe, a very a, a guy who was a little, was going to be a forgotten man. He's kind of like a Terry Funk was in ECW. He did everything that he needed to do. He gave the company relevance. He gave the company a little bit of prestige. He's been a leader. Jericho's done everything now. It's just he's just going to have some fun and be a good old professional wrestler for a little bit. I think he's got a good story eventually with Sammy, but this is a perfect perfect storm for that. We already talked about that, so we'll, we'll kind of skip that part when we get to that with the show. But, yeah, I, I love Dan Lambert, and you're right. It's like he listens to Jim Cornette and says exactly what. <laughs> he's going to start calling Kenny. He's going to start calling him. Gone Kenny Arpo finger fuck. Yeah, or, or yeah, Twinkle Toes and Kenny Olivier. He has so many names for, for Omega. It's 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 out there, man. Kenny Omega is one of the best wrestlers that ever lived. So he can, if, and he doesn't have to agree, but 
Jim, luckily, Jim Cornette doesn't speak for everybody. And, you know, I think Jim Cornette is starting to soften with that bitterness. And I know you love him. But I tell you what, Jim Cornette, for me, um, again, it's a good show. If, if he can start showing love to AEW, AEW is starting to show love to him. I mean, having Jim Cornette on television as Jim Cornette, because he still has it. I mean, this guy hasn't lost a thing. If you listen to him talk, he's still got a mind like a steel trap. He looks great. I mean, he's in great shape. This guy, it's a shame he's been such a dildo for the last 20 years where people would want to work with him. But unfortunately, that's not the case. And I'm sure he's happy with that. He doesn't give a shit. But it's a shame because it would be great to see Jim Cornette in AEW right now. It really would be. Yeah, I don't think he's uh, too keen on uh, taking flights. He doesn't like traveling by air right now, especially during the pandemic. I mean, I would also say that, too, for a reason I wouldn't, you know, if no one's asking me for a job, right? See, you say this, but I listen to his podcast more, and he's mentioned having conversations with Tony Khan and, and when they first were starting up and all that. Well, but my point is, I still don't think he was ever on the table to bring come to AEW. You think he was? You think so, you think wait, they were legitimately thinking, let's bring Cornette in? So Tony Khan, is that a true statement that I just made? Tony Khan, just the, within the past week or so, said that Jim Cornette, you know, not verbatim, but Jim Cornette was the most influential person on him being a wrestling fan, right? Well, did he, did he use the word most or he's been very influential? Let's, let's find the, yeah, I can find the quote. You want me to find it? Yeah, well, there's a big difference between most and then one of the most. There's a big difference, right? I'll find the question. If we're gonna go here, if we're gonna if we're gonna spend enough time on Jim Cornette, I want to make sure I get the quote right before I before I I pass judgment on the validity of Jim Cornette going to AEW. I don't know. I necessarily think it was ever on the table legitimately. Maybe a one off. Absolutely. But I don't think there was ever a point where Jim Cornette was possibly going to be brought in to work as a talent or definitely not work as a booker. Uh, quote, unquote. Here's the quote, right? Um, and I, this is the first time I'm reading it verbatim. Okay. Uh, as somebody I look up to said, wrestling fans watch the wrestling program to see the wrestlers wrestle. And even if I don't always follow everything he says or haven't always made him happy, that is probably the person I've learned the most about the wrestling business from. I don't think he would probably take a lot of credit from me as his protege, but the fact is he's right about that. That is a big statement. I will say that, but that's still, as I just previously said, I still don't know if that, means he was thinking about bringing him in. Yes, the future's bright. And I, I think I, I'm just, my spidey senses is going off. I think you might see Jim Cornette at some point. I wouldn't say ever full-time, but I think there could be a good opportunity for him to work in AEW now because both sides and Tony Khan did, you heard what he said too. They're starting to say complimentary things about each other. Maybe they're both at an, a comic con or maybe something happens. Maybe there's a phone call. Maybe there's a text. Who knows? I think things are starting to get healed a little bit there. So I don't think it was on the table before, but I would not be surprised with you. I would not be surprised if it's on the table soon. But let's get into Dynamite and let's get into everything. Wow. Wow. Show opens. CM Punk comes out. They're still going to milk that good two minutes worth of of intro. Get the the crowd excited. Mm -hmm. And then, and I really want to talk about this guy, Malachi Black. I heard an interview last week. He wrestles, uh, he opens up against Dante Martin. This was the best match he's had in AEW. I'm talking about Malachi Black. By far. From a wrestling perspective, from a story perspective, and also the character development that's happening. But I I wanted to bring up the interview he did on AEW Restricted with Tony Schiavone and Aubrey Edwards. Give him a shout out. And he basically said, he hinted that the eye is something to do with something inside of him. And he referred to like a possession of the character that was in that mental institution when you saw his YouTube. Anyone didn't see his YouTube? Yeah. Basically, yeah. He was a he was a he just 
just like Moxley and Buddy Murphy. They were they were in some kind of prison, mental prison, and they had to get out of it. But Tommy N. Thomas, who was the character, was possessed by the man Malachi Black. That's who this is. And he hinted that there's something going on with his eye that is very important to the character. And then I noticed he had more makeup on this week. And then I went back a couple of weeks and every week, the, not every week, but almost every week, the makeup is becoming more. So something is growing with inside him, which is part of this character. It's pretty incredible. And that's what I thought going into it. And then he has the half Boston crab on Dante Martin. And I looked down for a second. I didn't even see it. And I, I saw the hold break. And I thought Martin must have kicked it. And the way they were describing it, except for CM Punk, who, by the way, Jesus, he's so good. CM Punk put it over. Maybe it's something to do with that black mist. But what happened was Malachi Black had a problem with his stomach, his ribs. He was coughing like he was sick. He broke the hold. Dante Martin came back, almost had a good match. But then great ring set. Great psychology by Malachi Black working on Dante Martin's leg. That wound up being the reason Martin lost. He stumbles. He hurts his leg coming off trying to do something. And then, boom, Black Mass over. And Alistair Black looked winded. Looked like he was the hardest match he's had to wrestle in AEW. And then he, as he was walking out, and let me know if you agree with this. It reminded me similarly to his match with with, uh, the Velveteen Dream after they had their match. And he showed respect to Velveteen Dream. It was a little bit of nod or respect. Not something you see heels do. Right. And, but something inside of him was trying to come out or what have you. Something's going on with that character. And we're going to try to pinpoint and we'll try to, and we'll now we'll talk about the Cody, which is a little bit later, but let's talk, that ties into the Cody vignette at the factory. What did you think about this? So, that's going on with Malachi Black. We know they're going to wrestle each other. Cody basically was just got the shit kicked out of him by the entire Nightmare family. Whoa, you're laughing. What's going on in your head when you're seeing this? I was laughing, man. I'm like, this, Cody's just in, like incurable, incurable, man. It's just like he's getting smacked around by his own students. And it, and it just, it's so ridiculous, man. And it's like, I and I see it. They're going to push him over the edge and he's going to turn heel. And this is what the crowd is dying for. And I think you're right. There's going to be a double turn because Malachi was definitely acting uh, like a face towards the end there. And he's got the crowd on a string. He's got the entrance of all entrances. It's badass. Really. He's too popular to keep heel. And you know what? Like people are going to want to see him against Omega soon. If it continues, you know, and we can go into other directions, whatever. But if there's a heel champion like a Kenny Omega, they're going to want him to go against him. And you know what? That's going to be a hell of a match. Oh, my God. It's going to be. I mean, whenever that happens, that happens or whoever. I mean, there's so many people at Malachi can go. But I think it's it's just the perfect storm for a double turn. It's the perfect storm. This might even be set up better than Brad Stone Cold. Honestly, this is how great this is. I mean, you kind of saw both that going both ways. You can book this where Arn's trying to get this inner out of Cody, but it might snap something in Cody. That corrosion within comes out. And it's incredible we're talking about professional wrestling with these kind of storylines going on. Um, but maybe Arn's trying to get that dark side of Cody out, just like he showed the picture of his father and gave Arn a bunch of 18 stitches. Yeah. He had it coming. Malachi Black has it coming. Does he, though? Arn. Yeah, Arn's pushing him to the edge. And, you know, it's like, and and you know what? They also focused in on um, the school name. Was it Rhodes? Uh, Did you catch it? Because is it, I don't even think they were referring to it as the factory. It was like Rhodes something wrestling. There's like a huge, remember where um, Neanderthal Bob Ross threw the paint? They had a new sign there. Oh. Yeah. I don't know the name of it. I didn't catch it. There's like a huge like longhorn or bullhead in the middle of it. Well, so what's what's this got to do? So yeah, so how does this play into the story? Well, it seems like they're changing the character. It's like it's it's no longer called the factory or whatever. It's there the night. It's it's like another part of it. And like here, the oh, nightmare family. Right? They're called. I'm sorry. They're the nightmare family, not the factory. Yeah. I'm sorry. All right. Okay. Okay. 
but I think it was it, the, the wrestling school had a different name. And they really zeroed in on that, on, on the way they filmed it. But it, again, he's in there. He's getting the shit kicked at him. Arn's pushing to the edge. Remember, like a week before, he's burning his clothes in the middle of his yard. It's like, Arn, why are you setting a fire in my yard? Hey, that's weird. Yeah. 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 Oh, there he is. Hey, Cody, I'm just burning your shit. Now you want to pay attention to me. Now you want to listen to me. I'm just pissing on your lawn now, Cody. What are you going to do now? I want to run the over, Cody. And considering Arn is. I'm going to bring Seth Rollins over here. He's going to be rude all over your house. Yeah. And, and considering Arn is locked and loaded, Cody's got to listen. <laughs> one of my favorite one of my favorite moments about this whole thing by the way cody's getting shit on by way too many people cody's doing some great character work right now since this thing is happening so i'm giving cody the benefit of the doubt and you know me i've called a mid carter cody i have crushed cody on this show destroyed him i still don't know if he's a main event guy especially after all the additions but i like cody and i'm appreciating what he's trying to do but i'm looking forward to Three, it's Cody Malachi Black three. But also it's interesting because don't forget two or three weeks ago, Malachi Black said, I'm weary with all of you. And I never want to see you guys again. He basically said, I'm done with you guys. And there's a lot of people to change the boat, Tolman. But that was the last time I saw a heel Malachi Black. Ever since then, it's kind of been this, you know, he did the thing with Dante Martin, but he came out the next time you saw him and you saw a different side to Malachi Black. I think it's happening. And I called that two two, two months ago. Did yeah, I call that? Yeah. Oh my God. I love being I love being right sometimes. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And um do you think this is a chance that this might actually start the the four horsemen of Cody and Arn or no? I was starting to think about that. Listen, and we're gonna get into that a little bit later. Can we pause pause on that? Okay. Because there's a lot to talk about. Because something else I saw later in the night ties into that. Okay. I'm, su- I'm surprised you didn't catch it. I'm surprised you don't know what I'm talking about. Hmm. Just kidding. All right. Results. So, all right. So, after that, what did you think of the match, though? I thought that match was ridiculously good. Oh, yeah. It was a great match. Yep. Yep. Definitely. And we'd be remiss if we don't talk about the buy-in match between Minoru Suzuki and, and Brian Danielson. Did you see that match? I watched it today. Oh, you see that elbow shot Danielson took? I thought he was legitimately hurt when I saw it live. Uh, yeah, I saw it. Now, it's a different kind of style. I would they have? I think they might have had... 200 forearms? I think they had... Yeah, I think they only had like one, one or two attempts for a pin. It was like ridiculous. Like, no, it was just beating each other up. And I don't think there were any, there were a couple, it just was a, it was a really intentionally booked a certain way match. And if you go back and look at it, 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 it was very, they went out of their way to do something very different. And if you didn't like it, it's, it's a style thing. It's not because it wasn't good at what it was, it was very good at what it was. But you might not have liked it because you might not like that kind of action. I personally loved it, but you might not have. Uh, yeah, it's not my cup of tea. I did watch it today. Um, it's way too many. Like to me, if I had to critique it, I'm not crazy about like, all right, I'm going to hit you with a forearm. Okay, you're going to hit me with a forearm. Uh, and we're going to do this back and forth, I don't know, five to 10 times. And we're going to do that two or three times in the match. <sighs> you know, that sort of kills it for me. Things like that. And just to, slow it's, it's it's i get that and I, I just you don't love minoru suzuki either which is part of it yeah. you don't so he doesn't have that mystique for you that he probably does for me because i've seen him wrestle a, a couple g1s in my time so i and i appreciate that he, it's a legend that he gets to come over and show the american folks what he's doing uh, but it was again like i said before it's kind of like if someone has a brawl match Someone has a death match. I don't like death matches that much either. Right. Someone has a death match. Hey, look, Moxley and Gage was a brilliant death match. You watch it? Yeah, I watched it. Um, but again, how many fucking times did you see someone take a light to the head and a, and a 
pizza cutter to the mouth. Like, right, right, right. Okay, cool. You guys are you guys are willing to do more shit to your body than other people. Okay, your your tolerance for pain is better. Okay, good. And you found your niche. Great job, Moxley and, and Nikki. Um, but what a great match that was. I really loved it. Um, then we go to Tony Schiavone in the back. And Tony Schiavone is interviewing Jurassic Express, and they get beat up by the super elite, including your boy, Adam Cole. Yep. They were, they were at, and they were actually, baby. Baby. He fucked the baby. He started this, ladies and gentlemen, I like to call this, and we guys say this right now. We started a, sh- a shtick a gimmick on this show a couple weeks ago. Every time I say Adam Cole, you say baby. Baby. This is the second week in a row you missed your cue. And I even set that one up beautifully. We have it on record. So we know it's, it was gold. So you just blew that one. This one I'm going to miss. I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get thousand, there. Thousand apologies. Try it again. We, we will get there. It's not a problem. But we do have a situation where we have. So we had in the back. And they made fun of that. I love how AEW will make fun of it. They do something terrible, they're going to make fun of it. And they made fun of the powerbomb. They did a whole shtick with the, with the powerbomb last week on being the elite, where they couldn't get somebody really small up. I think it was Michael Nakazawa. They could All four of them couldn't get Nakazawa up either. They was like, we can't do it! Why is it so hard? They did a big, funny thing about it because it looked so bad. And then Jungle Boy made fun of it too, but they wound up getting their asses kicked. They put, draft, they put the dinosaur through the table, and Jungle Boy gets in that camel, that camel clutch type thing. I don't know what Adam Cole calls it. Adam Cole's great, too. He's talking shit to Jungle Boy the entire time. Look at your friend. He's going through the table. Look at him. Adam Cole is just a star. Holy cow. Yeah. He's a rock star. Uh, so that's set up in the back. And then from there, we had Inner Circle comes out, America's top team. Don't want to spend too much time on that. I thought it was – we actually talked about it a little bit already. I thought it was pretty good. And, again, this is like the fifth best storyline going right now. And people are complaining about it. Like, guys, this is even lower on the slate than Baron Corbin is over on SmackDown. Corbin's always number three or four over there, if not two or one. I'm not going to complain that Chris Jericho and Dan Lambert are getting to go back and forth on the mic as the fifth most important story on the show. People are complaining about it. Guys, relax, my babies. It's all good. It's all good. Skip it. It's not the end of the world. Don't bitch. Jesus. If you're bitching about the fifth storyline on the show, come on. Come on, Yeah, you're grasping at straws at that point. You're really nitpicking. Uh, on to what I thought was an absolute amazing match. I thought it was funny. An absolute treat. Lucha Brothers against my personal favorite luchador team ever, Las Superanas, which means super frogs, the super frogs. And they were so, I was so wondering who that was. Let's talk about it. I knew who it was, obviously. No. What did you think of this presentation? I absolutely loved it. And I loved how CM Punk was no selling it the entire time. And the other guys were like, wait, are we going that route with it? Or are we supposed to act like we don't know? There was that awkward. Yeah, they didn't know how to announce it. <laughs> Shivani was like, I think he's right. It's like having Tony Rumble in here because you know it's coming before anyone else does. Wait, Tony, are you? <laughs> he had a class like, Tony. Are you saying that you don't think that's FTR right there? Now that you say it, he's right. <laughs> it's them. But you know what? It played for the crowd because the crowd didn't know it was FTR. Yeah, because yeah, when their true. mask came off, they had that big reveal and the crowd loved it. So we knew it was them. But I thought it was funny. And also, by the way, great job. It was a really good match, too. Really caught into gear on the, after the, on the uh, comeback. Loved it. I love the cheat and I love the four horsemen style win by FTR, who they win. But did you catch the commentary? It's triple A rules here. And then and about it was about 10 seconds before the spot where they unmasked, where they unmasked FTR. And it was about 10 seconds. And, that, and if you unmask your opponent, it's disqualification of triple A. Yeah. And they mentioned that, that it's a disqualification if it happens. And then somebody must have told them, yo, that's the finish. You got that's that, that's a spot in the show. You gotta change that. It's spot in the match. And they're like, oh, this one's gonna be in AEW rules, which they didn't do that last time. 
by the way. The last time they had a AAA match there, they was by AAA rules. So commentary did a really, really good job of covering that up before the unveil. Yeah. Because the internet would have went nuts on obviously. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What did you think about that? And now it ties into our four horsemen thing. After that, after they win, and they beat the Lucha Brothers, which I thought was a great match, certainly not. Hopefully we'll get to see those guys wrestle legitimately again, whether it's the FTR versus them. Yeah. Did you see in the back FTR where MJF and, and Andrade were talking about FTR is a one-time thing. Okay, one-time thing. You know, what have you. Yeah. And who is Andrade really good friends with? Ric Flair. Woo! FTR, one-time thing, that's it. Cody. Andrade, FTR. Wow. I'm not saying that don't happen, but that's the way you can make the four horse. Andrade, Cody Rhodes, FTR with both Double A and and Tully. However, you would have to get them away from the inner circle, and that would be tricky because I don't think the horse would be any cases. Pinnacle. I'm sorry. Well, I don't think I. Well, no, I don't think the horsemen either would be. I don't think either one should be a baby face faction. So. And I, you said you, you said yeah to get him out of the inner circle. Yeah, to get FTR out of the pinnacle. Yes. Pinnacle. How do you do that? I, I don't know, man. I, and you know what? Unless like, and here's the thing: like MJF, no matter how much I like him, he always kind of screws over Wardlow. Like eventually, there's going to be some like, or there's going to be a rift here in Pinnacle because of MJF's attitude. Yeah, because MJF. That's the thing, though. How are you going to... I mean, these guys are devils themselves. I mean, I, it's going to be interesting to see how they can get that. Because I don't think FTR should be baby faces until... Maybe they're baby faces if the Bucks get the titles back at some point soon, which I don't know if it'll happen, but right. we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I just that crossed my mind. I don't think it's going to happen, but that did cross my mind how you can have the, the Horseman connection there. Cody, Arn, come over with, uh, with Andrade and Rick. I mean, you have all three horsemen. Andrade, all, you know, shit, bring back Barry Wooden. If Andrade, Ric Flair, and FTR, plus the three big horsemen that are around, not counting Barry Wooden, but Tully is by far ahead of, you know, he's a, Barry is a distant fourth. Like you could put anyone, you, there's a couple guys that could have been the fourth horse. You know what I mean? I do agree with Terry, but, you know, he's a distant fourth from uh, Tully. And you could make the argument that Oli's either. But I don't want to go too much into that argument. It's definitely not Paul Roman. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about and, and now we're talking to CM Punk for the second time. What did you think about CM Punk on commentary? I think the guy is amazing. He just puts every town over. He adds things to the, the storylines. I, I think when he dropped that pipe bomb, he said that he was the best on commentary. And I thought that was just him putting himself over. The guy is legit. I'm really glad they let him do what he's doing. Yeah, he's he's one of the best parts of the show, really. You know, it's great to listen to him because you hear like he's having fun too, and it's like he he knows how to play into the the home audience, and he knows how to put people over in his own special way. And it's like, yeah, that's CM Punk saying it. And you know, truth be told, he's still active. And it's like it's it's kind of a cool aspect that you didn't necessarily have previous because Vince always drew the line. You know, is in you know, like Macho had a, was basically retired and became a an, an announcer. Like he wasn't doing both. It's the reason he left. But yeah. now this, it's a little different. CM Punk's current. Ricky Starks, even he announces he's current. Like it's an interesting little twist that they deal with these shows. So, and they do that in MMA. So it's something that is done. You know, you, yeah. also during 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 the NFL or the Major League Baseball playoffs or the NFL play or the NBA playoffs. They bring a guy who's not in the playoffs into commentating. And they're all really good at it. And, and they're doing that with Ricky Starks. And Ricky Starks has not been able to wrestle too often. If you notice, he didn't do go, he didn't go crazy against Brian Cage in that one match. Uh, he's dealing with a pretty severe injury. Well, it's, he's getting better, but he's dealing with an injury. So they're trying to keep him fresh and keep him positive. But uh, I just think it's very, very fun times right there with that. So FTR, one of the greatest Luchador tag teams of all time. The triple A 
tag team champions. And so that's good. And I'm, I'm glad they got something to kind of, you know, keep their, keep themselves occupied. A lot of people thought they were kind of getting lost in the shuffle a little bit. I don't blame them. So it's good for them to get the spotlight. And man, they have won all five, five of the top, I would say six tag team championships in the world already. So that's got to give them a big round of applause for that. They're one of my favorites. So I'm happy. Dante Martin, Leo Rush. What do you think is going on there? Um, I kind of like Leo as his manager and tag team partner. Well, that's what they're doing. I like the promo. It sounded good. And Leo Rush is smooth on the mic. He never had a, you know, I mean, if he can stay out of his head, I guess, I guess he had some emotional issues. I think Leo is going to be great. He's young. He's only 26. So Leo Rush has got a lot of fun stories to tell. Weird Moxley Wheeler match. And a couple things I noticed here. Moxley came in, did not acknowledge the crowd. Right. Beat the living shit, probably within a minute or two, within Willa Yuta, walked out. Did you notice Orange Cassie took his sunglasses off and looked at John Moxley? They did. Like, hey, he, he's like going on like above and beyond. Like, what the hell is this? I mean, this is about as obvious of a heel turn that I'm, I'm that's getting projected. And this is a mile away. This Moxley heel turn is I called two months ago that's gonna happen in a few months. I thought they were gonna do it on Sting and Darby, though. I thought they were gonna have Kingston and Moxley turn on those two guys because they had to wrestle with them a lot. But he can easily turn heel against either Orange Cassidy or Brian Danielson. I think Moxley wins this tournament. Ooh. I don't have to think it's Brian Danielson. Yep. Wow. It's a bold, bold prediction right there. I think it's how Moxley turns heel. Okay. So you're locking in this prediction or no? Well, no, we're not doing the pay-per-views yet, but I'm just saying right now, if you put a gun in my head, because I don't think it's predicated on the fact that I think Hangman is going to beat Kenny for the title. And I don't think you put Brian Danielson and Hangman against each other. But they might. Maybe you'll be in the early part. Maybe their stories are like, okay, and maybe Hangman wins that one, and Brian Danielson doesn't. But I don't know if they give Brian Danielson a loss that quickly. So I think they're going to try a fair one. Like, not if he cheats and beats them, okay, you can survive that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I if I if I had a look at my crystal ball, I think, uh, what's his name? Um, Brian, I keep on wanting to say Daniel Bryan. Brian Danielson, um, I think he's going to win, and I think Moxley snaps. I just don't see how you get Mox. I just don't see how you get Danielson and Hangman. I don't know how that plays. I, I get that. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, because I'm thinking the same way the other ways, too, but it's like, I don't know. I, I just don't. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like I, I don't see. I don't see. I don't see him losing yet. Yeah, Orange Cassidy looks serious, man. He looked like a, he probably looked about as pissed off as I've ever seen him on Dynamite. Right. I mean, it was electric. He was, he was upset. Love Serena Deeb. Cut a promo and then stupid Cheetah attacked her. But love the new Serena Deeb look. Did you know that was the same? girl that was in the straight edge society with CM Punk. And did you catch the CM Punk reference? It's nice had a hair on Serena Deeb. Yeah, I did. I did. He famously shaved, shaved her hair on SmackDown. Yeah. And I, I noticed he didn't, he didn't announce uh, or mention your, your other favorite wrestler, Mr. Dangley himself. He was a part of that. Who? Gallows. Oh yeah. I know the big LG. Yeah, of course I knew that. And Joey Mercury. That was the other one, yep. I didn't watch a lot of that. I, I probably should go back and watch it, but I just thought it was a it's just a cute little thing. I mean, CM Punk is just so quick and says what we're all thinking already. He has something about being dishonest. He just does. And so the thing with FTR, he's like, guys, we're not gonna mention this is definitely FTR. Are we gonna try to pretend like we don't think it's because <laughs> they were awkward, like, are we supposed to get the bigger deal? The big thing in that moment is how the crowd reacts, not how we're reacting. 
Yeah, it was two different shows. Yeah, so it's it's exactly it's two different. It you know it's kind of like the Kennedy Nixon thing where people who saw it, Kennedy won. People who didn't, you know, people who are there that were great. People on camera was like, well, it's FTR. We need that. But to me. To me, everybody at home was like on in on the inside joke, and then those at the arena like are like, "Oh yeah, this that's FTR." There you go. And it didn't. And it wasn't a big part of the match. It just was a cute little spot to throw in there. Usually, they save that spot for the end of a match. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's who it is! And then there's an distraction. And then the way the match is over. This time it was like okay. They had a weird, almost comedic type match with them doing the the beginning with the. Dropping over each other. So I think they did a little shout out to this Iconics at the end of it. I just saw that. They did, they did one of those. Or it could have been Three Amigos. Same thing. I never realized that. I didn't realize that the Iconics stole from Three Amigos. I didn't realize that either. They're known for inspiration now. Yeah, they're in impact, so I'm never going to see them. At least until Brave. until. You know, Bray Wyatt gets there. But we're, and before we get out of here tonight, we're going to talk about a little bit about Bray Wyatt because it's breaking news about him possibly going to impact. But, uh, Serena Deeb, I'm in this feud. Don't spend too much time in that, but I really like the promo that she cut. I like the, I haven't seen many women have that vibe that I'm a technician and I'm the best wrestler here. You don't see a lot of women doing that. So I really appreciate Serena's doing right there. Women of a thousand holds and such. Yes. And one of my favorite triple match, triple eight six man tag matches ever. Trios match, Dark Order, Evil Uno, Alex Reynolds, and John Silver, Johnny Hungy against the Super Click, the Young Bucks, and Adam Cole. Fuck it. Fuck it. Adam Cole, really? Second one. <laughs> <sighs> You have one job in Taylor. <laughs> the reaction's great. It's <laughs> the second time you lost your pen tonight. <laughs> <laughs> this match was so much fun. If you did not watch this match, go back and watch it. Absolutely hilarious, exciting, great match. Um, not going to go into all of it, but the one spot I will bring up, you know what I'm bringing up. They were going for the the, the, the death spot, the Chris death spot. It was, in, it was in it. It was in on it. It was so Evil Uno was in the camel clutch by Adam Cole. Baby, the Bucks. Thank you. Finally, cheers. Thank you. That was awesome. And then the Bucks were doing the back and forth, and then they get dropped down. Silver, they get dragged out by Silver and Reynolds, and then Silver Reynolds goes in and they do the kiss of death with him. And the look on Adam Cole's face was absolutely brilliant. Adam Cole is just in the, one of the most entertaining. But he's, he just has it. That's all you can explain it to you know, He's not the biggest. He's not the fastest. He's, not, he's just great. He's great at everything. But he is just, when he's out there, it's amazing. That whole thing, just the, small, the slow rise up, it's just that boom you hear. And... A little addition to the production, I don't know if you caught this, they actually cut the music out a little lower so you can actually hear the crowd yell boom. So, and Adam Cole just feels like a bigger star in AEW than he did in NXT. Oh, yeah. Because they're using them right. <laughs> and they won that one. Um, little side part of that. Did you watch Being the Elite today? Did you today? I didn't get a chance to see it, no. He just watched the first three minutes. It's Adam Cole and Silver and Reynolds. Okay. You're so good now. It's he, oh. Silver and Reynolds. Pronouns, pal. Adam Cole. Baby. Oh, come on. Adam Cole, Silver, Reynolds, and Silver. Baby. And they were talking about how to kiss meant something. And what they've been doing the last three weeks is they have been, it's a really funny skit. They have been pushing all the ideas that it was rumored that WWE had. So this past week, they were saying, we had an idea. Adam, we were wrestling with you, and you're kind of a shitty wrestler. Your wrestling is dog shit. You just want to come out and say it. We love you, but your wrestling sucks. We think you should be our manager. So they pitched the idea of Adam Cole being the manager. Baby. For Reynolds and, yeah, for Reynolds and Silver. And Cole 
What's cool is I can say Cole when you can get away with it. Cole uh, said, all right, let me do an announcement for you. And he came up with their name. They are, they are Team Eat Shit. So this is a graphic we have. We are really excited. This Spanish tag team to be managed by Bulge Cole. Budge Cole. Sorry, Budge Cole. That's his, that's his name. His new name is Budge Cole. He's going to have his hair cut. They cut his hair. Budge Cole, he's going to be the manager of Silver and Reynolds. And they are going to be called Team Eat Shit. That sounds great. So that's breaking news. He's, I guess he's leaving the elite. He's going to go be a manager for Reynolds and Silver. That's after he cuts his hair and changes his name. Sounds like a good future for Adam Cole. <laughs> that has been all the ideas that Silver and Reynolds have been pitching to him on being the elite. <laughs> and the best part about that spot was in the beginning calls on the phone's like yeah yeah so the joke goes like this knock knock oh hold on and why that's funny this is how much they love to troll WWE Mad Cat Moss apparently told a really bad knock knock joke on Smackdown he did yes and so Cole was explaining how a knock knock joke is funny to whoever he was on the phone with So Cole has joined his buddies in trolling his ex-company, WWE. And I want to, I want to welcome Adam Cole officially to the club. After these weeks, I'm convinced he's in on it. Oh man! So what do you think of this match? I I love this match. That was so I love these triple these six man tag with the Bucks. Yeah, I, I wish it didn't break down so badly with the rules at times, but I still have a good time with it, man. They put it over like it's too much for the ref to handle. They do do a good job of doing that. And Jim Ross always bitches about That's the one thing. That's why I like about AEW. One of the many things I like is that they, they're not, they don't treat like you're stupid. If it doesn't work with the rules, they're going to say it. Whereas Michael Cole will tell you that God cut, that God was the one who caught the rose. See him publicly. Hey guys, are we gonna pretend like we didn't see the camera and cut that rope for Finn Balor fall? Really, guys? Okay. <laughs> Can't trust that guy. So at the end of the match, Jungle Boy comes out. They were beat, they continue to beat up their opponents. Jungle Boy comes out with a chair, chases them all away. So that's continuing. Jungle Boy standing trawl and the dumb song with everyone doing this. He is so over, man. Ah, he is. He is over. He's a future champion. That's for darn sure. He's gonna get heat from us when he wins. Cha- when he becomes a champion, though. <laughs> so there we go. Tony Schiavone talking to Anna Che. It's interrupted. Brick Baker, really good spot right there. I enjoyed that. Brick Baker. Every time she talks, it's just fire. She's one of the pillars too, man. Oh yeah, I don't think that that's exactly the point. Uh, she did mention the, the super elite. And the super click, is there a way Britt Baker just kind of hangs out with them? Or is there a part, do you think she'd ever join her group and join the super elite? They should have her join. Well, she's already talking shit for them. She was, that, was, that was great. I like that. Yeah. Um, her and Re- her Rebel and the other one. Yeah. Uh, that is Jamie Hayter, who I love, by the way. Hmm. By the way, uh, we, we skipped over this, the spot with Jericho and Lambert. I think we have a new favorite feat, new favorite wrestling feat. Mandy Rose has been knocked off. And Paige Van Zandt, wow. Wow. And she has a five-star wiki rating, apparently. I did some research on her. And she always, I think her husband has a foot fetish because he's always touching her feet on Spotify or on Instagram. And I can tell you with a man with a foot fetish, my wife will tell you her feet are touched often. Wow. So, little TMI here from Mr. C Valley. Hope you enjoy that. But yeah, check out Paige. But for those of us perverted wrestling fans, like women's feet, Paige fans in. You're a fan of hers. Well, it's, you know what? They, they, they're interesting, but they're beautiful. They're, they're not... It's hard to put them into... It's just they're really nice. They're really nice, but they're not... They don't fit a certain profile. You know what I mean? They don't They don't have a certain look. They don't have a, a 
they're just unique, but they're beautiful. Like they're perfect, but they're yeah. So uh Hogan face super bad. I thought it was pretty but, reminiscent. I thought it was pretty reminiscent of Jericho going off on Paige Van Zant. It was like I had flashbacks with Stephanie McMahon. Yeah, a little bit. Absolutely. And he kind of went to set the sexual route with it. Yeah. Um, Jericho's having a blast. And we talked about it before. I didn't want to, we kind of skipped through that part. So I didn't want to go back and go crazy. But yeah, Paige Van, and by the way, Paige Van Zant, she never wants to do this full time. She's a star. She's already a star. She has it too. The selfies she's taking on Sammy Guevara, the way she's talking shit. Absolutely love her, not just because of her feet. <laughs> um, about a year ago, I told when they, their, their women's division was a disaster, I said, give Penelope Ford a shot. They have done it. They're putting her in a, a now a program with our homegirl, Ruby Soho. She beats Tierra Hogan, but Ruby Soho came out to a her from a, from a rampage brass knuckles incident. And but but Ford wins. I really the swimming division's hook is really cooking up. Ruby Soho, the new tribal chief or one of the tribal chiefs, her and the bunny. Uh, that's a, and I love it. So they're really doing a good job building their women's division. Here's two mid card ladies going at it. Both can go. Your your opinion on their women's division and where it's going now. And it all starts by putting DN, put putting Britt Baker as your champion. I'll start it right then and there. Everything turned around. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely improving. That's for sure. Um, they got more than three minutes. Yeah, I got to make a, a quick comment before I forget about this. Uh, on during uh, Rampage, you had the altercation with uh, Jericho and and Hager. I think they got their asses kicked by the uh, American top uh, America's top team, right? And they're sure laid out. Yeah, and that's where they got their asses kicked, right at the end. Yeah. Why did it like? Why did it take so long for Pride and Powerful to get out there, and they were in full makeup? So they stopped to make, they stopped to go paint their faces before they came out there to go help the rest of the, of the inner circle. Yeah, it did take a while. I, I don't know. They kind of explained the next week over, but uh, the next night over, but it's. That's a little bit of a nitpick. I don't know if I'm for that, no. but I agree with you. It did take a while. No, the fact that they, as soon as they put that the paint on their face, that's not a nitpick. Like, they stopped to paint their faces versus going out to see their friends. They could have said, if they didn't have the paint on their faces, they could have totally been like, ah, oh, we just flew in, we had a flight delay, and they took advantage. But no, what they're painting their face in the a Terminal C of Miami Airport. You get out of here. I wonder if they had a dark match. <laughs> I, it's a good question. But, like, why would they paint their face for a dark match? Maybe they're doing a promo. I don't know. It is weird. Why would you have? Because they always they say those for the big moments. Right, right. And then it's like, oh, so you were expecting this big moment, and then you show up, like, five minutes after they already got their asses kicked? Maybe they were dressing up for Halloween. It's Halloween time. They wanted to act dressed spooky. Yeah, just a, it's a comment, man. I don't want to spend the, the the rest of the night on it by any means. Oh no, because we got yeah, no, it, it's all good. I'm, I'm not. I don't have too much of a problem with it. Um, but I definitely are right. I'm not going to disagree. It. Hangman Adam Page cut the best promo of his career. Next, yeah, easy, yeah, definitely, hundred percent. It did everything that you needed to tell a story. He said it perfectly. You believed every word he said. Um, and really crystallized what the story was all about. I mean, he, the one thing that the promo I'll notice, he didn't use any prop, he didn't use any pronouns. Mm -hmm. He said, I have friends that I didn't have. He said, we wanted to change the world. The world changed us. He had a couple of really great one-liners. He said, you guys never stop, stop believing in me. And for the first time, so do I. I mean, there were so many great moments and great stories that really crystallized this journey for Hangman. And now, here we go. This is the culmination of what I believe has been the best storyline possibly since McMahon Austin. That's how good I think this is. Wow. Hi, it's high regards from Mr. Valley there. Well, yeah, I mean, you go back, you can go back to everything he said. He, I mean, he, he, Hangman broke down his entire story in that promo and told him where he was at, and he told you why, and it was so emotional. 
And um, yeah, I just thought it was brilliant. I thought it was one of the best promos in the company's history. And it was perfect for what needed to happen. I was stoned on Bernie Sanders, though. What's that from? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I have a, uh, I, I, if I give a plug to Green Leaf, they have a strain called Bernie Sanders 2. Oh. It's 32% THC. And it being 32% THC, it's a very high percentage. Usually it's high up to 20. So after I smoked it, I sounded like this. I don't believe it's a radical idea for not a one to have THC in the darkness. It's not a radical idea. Thank you. Because it was called Bernie Sanders. Yeah, how hammered were how hammered were you on this stuff? Oh, it was pretty good. It's pretty good. I have a little bit of a tolerance though, Taylor, as you probably. Yeah, I figured that much. So what did you have, want to add anything to that promo or what, what do you got going on? No, no, it was a great promo, great face promo, broke down his character beautifully, uh, connected with the crowd, cowboy shit getting over left and right. Uh, You're going to see cowboy shit. I saw a tweet, and I forget who, who and I, I wish I had the credit, but I saw a tweet on my line, on my Twitter line and uh, timeline, and it said specifically, it, it quoted the pipe bomb, it quoted Austin 316, it quoted hard times, and now Adam Page has cowboy shit. I don't know if I'd go that far, but it might. That, that promo was pretty. I've been trying to find a problem with the promo, and I can't. Right. That's good. It's really good. And so, and so this was a, such a brilliant show, and um, really enjoyed it. And then after that, we had the main event, American Dragon, Bobby Fish, and then the announcement of the, the Eliminator Tournament. And American Dragon Bobby Fish, another great. I mean, Brian Danielson's like a kid in a candy store right now. He's like, all right, who can I wrestle and have a great wrestling match? Yeah. Okay, perfect. It's, it's the way they're booking it. He's like, oh, Bobby Fish, would you sign him? Yeah, I want to wrestle him. And uh, did and so really good match. I go back and watch it. You, everything what you would expect. Told a story, what have you. What do you think of the match? You you're more of a Bobby Fish guy than I am, and and obviously you both Brian Danielson pretty well. Yeah, as far as undisputed era, he was probably like, you know, I mean, it's Adam Cole and everybody else. Adam Cole, baby. Uh, and basically, uh, but like, yeah, Bobby Fish, he was, you know, like not my, necessarily my favorite guy out of the rest of them. But oh, he's distant fourth, I would assume, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And like, he was hurt Let's a lot. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. He's hurt a lot too. But like, you know, listen, when he's there, he's talented. And I know that there's a connection between, uh, uh, Brian Danielson and uh, Bobby Fish from Ring of Honor as well. So there's history there. So it's kind of cool. I could appreciate it. Beautiful wrestling match. Worked out great. And it's it's amazing to see these two guys on the most popular wrestling show on TV now. Yeah, absolutely. So really great match. So a great match. And then, then the, and at the end, they announced, and my voice is getting lost here, Taylor. I don't know why. We, took, we, 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 did, we did that first podcast yesterday. Yeah, you had enough rest. Not an hour ago. <laughs> the, and let's look at the brackets here. The brackets are as follows. And we'll put a graphic up there, too, so you guys can see this graphic. In the first round, we have... I'll have to edit this, dude, because it's not, it's not coming up right away like it's supposed to. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I'm just a little tired right now. It's uh, Moxley and somebody. Hey, you know what? Before he gets to uh, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, does Moxley go against Orange Cassidy? Is that a possibility? Yes. Oh, that's, that's 100% happening. That might be the tail turn right there. It's the start of it. And then, or maybe he turns, you know, he's a big scumbag by the time he gets to Brian Danielson. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to get heat off of Orange Cassidy. At 1,000%. He's going to play it like that match against, uh, and that death match changed him. And, and he, can, he can go get heat over at GCW because he's still champion there. Yeah. With 
with uh, Nick Gage because Nick Gage is over like we're over there. I mean, Moxley was even getting booed at times that during the match as a baby face. So I think Moxley might be, I mean, this makes a lot more sense. He's already kind of a heel in New Japan anyway. He's always picking on the baby faces. He could be a heel in GCW. He could be a badass, tough heel. He'll be a scumbag. And honestly, Moxley probably will enjoy it a lot more. You know, but they needed a big baby face to carry the company there for a while, and he was perfect. Yeah, he was. So, first, and so what do you, so here we got the limited tournament you're looking at it right now. And we got number 10, Moxley, obviously, Moxley. We'll, bra- we'll, we'll have our brackets, by the way, and by you guys next week, and we'll probably put on our Facebook and our Twitter, what have you. And then you got Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs. I think it's pretty clear it'll be Moxley and Cap. And then the winner there goes to take good up full gear. And then you got Dustin Rhodes and Brian Danielson, clearly Brian Danielson. Lance Archer and Eddie Kingston. That one might be a little bit different. I would assume it's Eddie Kingston because I think that's the better match for Brian Danielson. But I don't know, I don't know about that. But obviously it's gonna be Brian Danielson and somebody else. It's either gonna be Cassidy or Moxley. I, I assuming it'll be Moxley. Yeah, I think it's gonna be Moxley. Who do you think is going to win, Kingston or Archer? I'm not sure about that. That's the only one that's that, that's the only one of the four that's yeah. question. You know, would, you know what would be intriguing to me is, say, if Kingston would win, goes against Danielson, and um, there's a sign of respect between the two, but then when Danielson goes against Moxley, it's like blood-curdling bad after, you know, there's no respect. And that could be like the split between Kingston and Moxley. He didn't agree with him on that. Yeah, absolutely. I would 100% agree with that. That could be definitely a way to go about it. But I don't know. What a great weekend for AEW. We talked about it last episode. AEW moved everything in the right direction. Uh, if we you didn't hear the last episode, a couple of KPIs. If you did not hear, yes, AEW Rampage in the head-to-head hour beats and then head-to-head half hour did beat SmackDown 325 to 285 or 315 to 285. And their winners, they had a great weekend with their with their shows. Dynamite was outstanding. And they are outselling WWE almost three to one in the same venue within a couple weeks of each other in November in Long Island. Things are and then and Tony Khan just talking shit on everybody today on Twitter. Or, or the last two days on Twitter about how they beat WWE head to head. I mean, this is incredible time in professional wrestling. And one thing I wanted to bring up before we get out of here, Brady Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, there's a rumor that it looks like he'll be going to impact wrestling, possibly reuniting with Adam Share and Big Red, formerly Eric Rowan. And you might see a little bit of the a reunion of the Wyatt family in Impact Wrestling. That is the hot rumor right now running all over the place. Your reaction to that? I would love to see all three of those guys end up at AEW, but you know what? There might be a bit of a, an issue with TV time. And if they can get together there and Impact and start getting their characters straight and the forbidden door is open and they slide on through to AEW, Maybe that's one way to do it. But I think, honestly, Wyndham Rotunda should show up with both those guys. And and honestly, you know, some people are already talking about, like, that replacing the Dark Order and stuff like that because of the connection to Brody Lee. I, it's all fine and good. I could see the links there, absolutely. But truthfully, whatever Wyndham Rotunda does, just about, especially with those two guys, it's going to be really impressive and good. I have no doubt. So, and, and then let me add one more thing. There was another, there was a bunch of stories that were coming out and about Wyndham Rotunda specifically and saying, hey, WWE went and um, got rid of him because he was difficult to work with. He was, and he was fat. He was fat, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, to me, I thought that was the beginning of a smear campaign uh, because they know that he's going to be showing up soon. And I, the way they're reacting, I'm almost keen to think that he's it's going to be AEW and I already think they're trying to take some of the shine off of his debut like uh, like it was just the timing of this all and I know his 90 days are almost up right like yeah next week 
so they're definitely like sort of planting the seeds of um, misinformation out there, most likely. Like now, and, and you know, and and if if I comment on it, basically, of a situation when they got they let him go, look how many of the people in that locker room all reacted to it. So if he was so difficult to work with, would he really have gotten that reaction? Like, you know, did Albert Del Rio, uh, Alberto Del Rio, get that reaction when he got let go? No. You know what I mean? It's like people liked Wyndham Rotundo. Yeah. Well, I think what that was relating to, and that was the word verbiage that WWE people used. He was, he saw what they did to hit a character that he built. They ruined the original Bray Wyatt character with the way they booked him. They did that stupid thing with Randy Orton. They had a ridiculous match with the worms being projected on the screen. And they, they just really, poorly booked Bray Wyatt, so he fizzled out. The original version of Bray Wyatt of uh, the Wyatt family, the leader of the Wyatt family, that version petered out a lot quicker than he needed. We all thought that. So what is, what is after he already has one of, the, one of the great characters of that era, he goes back to the drawing board and creates an even better and more entertaining character. One that gets to be funny as shit half the time and scary as shit the other time. I mean, he was brilliant. I've gone back and watched it. And then he saw what they did to that character, starting with that Hell in a Cell, and then losing to Goldberg a month later. He saw what they did to him. He could have been one of the biggest stars WWE ever had in their history if they booked him right. And they took everything he created, and he breathed life into it. And Alexa Bliss just lost to Charlotte and had her doll ripped up. So that'll be the last time any version of that gimmick is, and, and that those characters are around. So to me, he just wanted to protect his character that he's coming back with. He didn't want them to ruin it anymore. And so they turned it into, he was difficult to work with. So was CM Punk. So was John, you know what I mean? It's just, he just was over it. They fucked up two brilliant characters that he created. He was just over it. No, you're not doing that anymore. I won't do that. No. I'd say they sabotaged it, man. Like it was just so badly done. I mean, he brought it to the I hate to use the term pinnacle, but like like what he did with that split personality character, that was like unseen before so much in wrestling. It was really innovative. And they screwed it. It was incredibly innovative. And it's and by the way, it was hilarious. I mean, the the, the stuff that he was writing, whoever was writing that was absolutely brilliant. So I think what might happen, we mentioned this, I believe, in terms of WWE spot, or maybe it was in the beginning of this one. I think they might have him go to, maybe he has a short-term deal with, with Impact. He goes, gets that character over, people start thinking about it, and then he comes over to AEW because there's so much talent and so much influx of people right now. I think that would give Impact, would love to have a window or tucked in there get them ratings for a couple months. Same thing they did with Kenny. Have Kenny over there a little bit, try to get some bigger ratings. Problem is, Impact hasn't retained anybody. Once Kenny was off, no one watched. You know, a lot of people stopped watching. So hopefully Impact can use it a little bit more because the Good Brothers ain't doing it. Uh, <laughs> I know you're surprised by that. So I just wanted to talk about that. So I wouldn't mind if he goes to Impact for a little bit and they have, because the Forbidden Door is wide open now, hey, you can do win in return. I'll let him work for you guys for three months. They may even have under AEW in some contract him out for that time and then have him come in. Maybe even, I can see him, uh, even even though they're both WWE guys, they never wrestled each other. I can see a Malachi Black with number time to feud. Oh my God, that breaks itself. Yeah. Wyndham Rotunda against Sting. Oh my God. It'll be that almost like that Undertaker match that we never saw. We could have. There you go. Right. We'd rather see Goldberg versus Undertaker. We'd rather see Goldberg almost kill the Undertaker than Sting. When the Rotunda against Darby Allen. Uh, it, it, it writes itself. Absolutely right. This stuff writes itself. So, such an exciting time in wrestling. We got crowds still coming up this week, and then full gears a few weeks after that. We are excited. Kimpel, what else do you got for us? Anything else you want to bring up that you noticed from, from the AEW Diamond this week or AEW in general? Uh, I like the Miro promo. I thought uh, seeing him. Oh, yes. I thought that was a good deal. 
So yeah, I was I was happy with his work on that. He's blaming God. Have I not praised you enough? Haven't I been a good champion for you? I cannot go home to her without like this. <laughs> I love how he talks about his fight. So Miro is refusing sex for himself until he becomes a champion again. <laughs> um, a lot of people thought it was heat. He was not in the Eliminator tournament, and he even tweeted about complaining about it, but it's hard for him to complain. He just had one of those dominant championship runs of yeah. So, but... All right, well, that's all we got for tonight, folks. Thanks for listening to our AEW review of this week. Hey, check out check out the High Spots of Cheap Pops, too. We have other podcasts during the week. I go solo. And definitely check out our Facebook. We're going to be having the website. We're really trying to start moving things around again. Super excited. But check us out. And, Taylor, what else you got for us before we get out of here today? Until next time, may you live until you die. <laughs>